Welcome back, listeners, to round three of three from your Learning From Friends podcast episode talking about professional wrestling. For those that have made it from part one and part two, you've made it to the end of our three-hour-long special for the last six weeks is finally coming to an end, and I'm sad to see it go, but you know what? This was perfect, and sometimes if you drag it on for too long, it's just too long. So, with that being said, Dad, it's been great to have you as giving the quote of the day. Give us one more to lead us into this last part of the episode of part three, professional wrestling conversation with my buddies. Dad, take it away. There are moments in life where it gets too hectic. That time becomes a blur. Keep calm and never give up. John Cena. Way to bring it home with a banger, Dad. That's just awesome. Now, I want a reminder say thank you to my buddy, Ryan Cherry, for giving us this special music of our intro and outro for the last few episodes. And our guests here, just you can't say enough. Ryan Wright, my brother, Corey, my dad, Joseph Mize, Chris Bias, Daniel Murphy. This has all been just a blast getting to have these continual conversations and now getting to share it with the rest of the universe. I'm sure maybe about 10 people will care, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I've been wanting to do this. We get to have a blast doing it and we get to share it with some of our friends that perhaps have been curious, but never really dove deep into it with us. So for those that made it, congratulations. Let's pick up and go on the final round of three of three for our professional wrestling podcast roundtable special. Now we're going to jump to storylines. So we mentioned earlier like the bloodline. What is your favorite storyline? It could be like an arc that took years to do. It could be something that lasted like six weeks. For me, <laughs> I love this thing so much. Earl, okay, when R-Truth had the run as the 487-247-711-I-95 South 2020 European TV Championship. Brought to you by KFC. <laughs> that was literally that belt was made for him favorite belt ever <laughs> hands down the dumbest belt ever hands down that was made for him whether they'll admit it or not it was made for him and they were made gold gold yeah. one of the first belts in my personal opinion that brought wrestling into the like age of social media because he totally. would make the dumbest yep. videos yeah. like where he was hiding underneath the table because he was scared because he had to like basically constantly be on he, his what, swivel he hadn't he hadn't slept in like what it was, 14 it days was or new, something like that the new iteration of the hardcore time yeah, in between and, yeah. and they did the best thing by letting it run out i mean yep. it, it, it it's it's something that they couldn't keep going for years and years and years they did it long enough where there's a history there yeah love comedy wrestling so so freaking silly that was amazing so freaking silly and to go point that 
was basically the social media title for WWE at the time. Yeah. They pin each other on the tarmac going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And then two hours later, someone wins the title by pinning literally gently going over their body and their rev going one, two, three. And then he'll get like excited and then rest will wake up after the three count. And it was just stuff like that. I made it so fun to watch. Do you have a, do you have a favorite feud? It's the thing that was so amazing was it was so inclusive. Anybody could win it. Like they put it on what? Like a football player. They put it on a cop. They put it on a NASCAR driver. Like they put it on like some like TV show host. It I could forgot. Change, like fifteen like, times on in one live television. Yeah, the best feud though was between. Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, Drake, Drake Maverick, and R Truth. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, with, with that title, where it yes. went constantly. When, it, when they were constantly yep. back and forth, back and forth, even to the point where it like r- ruined Drake Maverick's like. His, his marriage. His marriage. <laughs> he, never he never consummated his marriage because of that belt. Absolutely yeah. silly. Absolutely dumb. So Absolutely priceless. Uh, to follow up on that comedy, I'm going to go totally serious. And it's one I mentioned with the guys before. I love what you guys are saying. But for me, my favorite storyline is the Golden Lovers. Uh, and anyone that doesn't know, that same Kenny Omega I mentioned, who's my current day favorite wrestler, he got into wrestling when he saw a Japanese wrestler named Kota Ibushi wrestling what was called an everywhere match. It was a joke match for him and another man brawled in all sorts of physical locations, areas outside. So Kenny Omega filmed his own everywhere match. He broke into his friend's house while he was playing Super Nintendo and they brawled around the Canadian countryside. And he mailed a VHS tape to DDT Wrestling in Japan and Abushi saw it, and they brought him over, Kenny over, for him to have a one-off feud with Abushi to be the foreign gaijin, which is a foreigner, the heel gaijin. But they worked so well together, they were put into a tag team. And at first, as discussed earlier, it was a little bit of a gay bait tag team. To be honest, there were two young, handsome, good-looking men that seemed to have some sexual tension, and the Japanese females in the crowd ate it up. And yet, as time evolved, the storyline became more progressive and it became clear that there was a deeper bond between Kenny and Coda and then eventually they split up and went to different companies and yet every time Kenny stayed away from Coda too long he became a heel he went evil Coda was his grounding device the one that kept him honest and after god i think 10 years of just ships passing by in the night they finally reunited and Coda was able to bring Kenny back to be the true Kenny Omega. So this is a storyline that spanned multiple companies over a decade period and did a lot for LGBTQ storylines in wrestling based on what it wound up promoting. Uh, it was very ahead of its time, I would say, in wrestling. It wasn't looked at as a joke or a mockery. Uh, so that one. My current all-time favorite is the bloodline. Yeah, Every single mannerism really interaction for the last three years has been great from Sami Zayn to Kevin Owens when they're, you know, best friends where Kevin Owens laying on the mat, reaching up to Sami Zayn for a, like a hand or help me up. And Sami Zayn just looks at him confused. Like he, the mental aspect, he's like, Oh shit. I just did that to my friend. Yeah. It's just fantastic. And now Roman Reigns put down Jimmy Uso or Jay Uso. And every time Reigns was insulting 
Jay just recruiting, like getting smaller. And then finally, when he comes back, he stands up tall, proud, and the crowd just eases it up and gets right behind him. Well, I mean, what's so amazing about that story is there's so many like offshoots of yeah, that. True. It's it's not just oh hey, Roman Reigns has the title for you know a thousand days plus. It's the fact that it, it spawns off. Prime example. Not a fan of Roman Reigns. Don't care about Roman Reigns. But I sat and had to see that match with him and Sami Zayn, knowing Sami Zayn was not going to win the biggest match in how many how many years? Like a True. decade? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I totally believe that he was going to win. Totally believe that Sami Zayn was going to win. And I, I completely marked on that match. Where you sat for a second, damn, Sammy didn't. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was Ranked pissed. Psychology. Yeah, totally, totally marked Ryan, out. Ryan, you got one? Not Ryan, Daniel, you got oh, one? Oh, another great one, again, and this pulls in, what was it, Kenny Omega, is the Hangman, Hangman story, the most oh, recent that, one. Yeah, that went for a the while. The best ones, best stories, or, in my opinion, are the ones that burn slow. Yeah, you know, because it keeps you invested and it brings you back to the product. Not a lot of people want to do that because of the fact, oh, you know, intention spans nowadays. But that's what like that's what some fans want. I think a lot of fans have more respect for that storytelling than just like this quick, you know, quick fizzle and quick runoffs. That's what people remember. Now, the next one, we, we talked about the few, we talked about the storyline kind of going overarchingly. What was your favorite match of all time? And this is hard to think about. There's so many out there, but I will tell you my favorite match. CM Punk versus John Cena, Money in the Bank, 2011. CM Punk leaving with the belt. They had built up to this. His contract's coming up. Is he going to leave with the belt? What's going to happen? People out in the crowd have the signs, CM, um, CM Punk loses, we riot, which goes back to the RVD uh, loses, we riot in ECW kind of deal. But holy moly, that match, you had no idea what was going to happen to it. The leading up to that, the pipe bomb promos that were kind of done, all the psychology of Punk leaving um, Cena in the ring. Uh, several times them cutting back and forth because they both could talk. They both could be able to talk really well. That, in my opinion, is Cena's best match. Cena has the issue of saying the three moves of doom going in, but in that match, you saw five moves of doom. You had Cena pulling out moves that you had never seen him do. Punk was pulling out stuff that he had not done in over a decade. I mean, whenever he won and grabbed the belt and walked out, and was starting to go around and then like go to the different places with the belt. You didn't yeah, know what was happening. A pig on the fridge. Yeah, this is true. Say it. Go ahead. You say it. Go ahead. That night after winning the belt, CM Punk gets on Twitter and posts the pig, uh, the belt inside the fridge. Yep. Putting it on ice. Mine would probably have to be when Undertaker Street got beaten by Brock Lesnar. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see it coming, okay. and in the fans' reactions, if you go back and look at the fans' reactions on that, I had the same. I had the same reaction, honestly, because I thought Undertaker was never going to lose at, at WrestleMania. I'm I'm going to step back just one second and talk about storylines again. 
Okay, so one that a lot of people are going to forget and not think too much about because it was so small and it's not a huge superstar or anything like that is the transformation of Julia Hart. Had nothing to do in an actual wrestling match. It had one transformation and the fact that she played that. Okay, basically she got hit in the face with mist during a match, okay? Black mist. Black mist. Corrupting I will mist. bring that up here in a second. Favorite finisher, love the mist. But it's the fact she wore makeup even when she wasn't even wrestling. She was a, 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 a valet, what was it? <laughs> Managed a basically unknown team cheerleader. She was a cheerleader. And they played it for, what, almost a year? Six months, 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 and months. Slow, small transformations of characters. And then basically, when she flipped and turned heel, it's completely like changed her trajectory. She's not the best. She's not great. She's had a few, you know, a few good matches, but the fact that she was able to evolve that character and that small storyline for something being so dedicated. That's the whole thing. It's the dedication to a gimmick that is where I, I, I can, I can respect that form of storytelling. Again, small, small things, simply makeup on the face. Yep. For me, uh, two quick ones. One, Kenny Omega versus Okada. The first Kenny Okada, simply because I feel like that has changed the course of wrestling history in many ways. Without that match, AEW doesn't exist. The appeal that was brought in on New Japan, right? The drove of fans that was brought and the way that set the wrestling world on fire has led to a lot of what wrestling is like today. It opened the floodgates in many ways. But I think my favorite match of all time is actually Kenny Ospreay won which happened recently. And it's because, one, I thought it was absolutely incredible, but two, Will Ospreay had worked for years to get out of the shadow of Kenny Omega. He had finally become Kenny's equal in New Japan. And Kenny goes back to New Japan and Will decides, this is my moment. But before the match, Kenny tells him, 364 days out of the year, you're better than me, but not on one day. And that is Wrestle Kingdom. And Ospreay despite his years of building up to overcome his giants of Kenny and Okada, Kenny Omega beats the shit out of Will Ospreay. He literally slams his head physically through a table. And you see, this is a tragic story. And I'm not yeah. one for tragic stories normally, but you realize all this work, Ospreay's going to lose. And the last shot is Kenny puts Ospreay up on his shoulders for the one-wing angel. And you see an Osprey who's bleeding like crazy, just feebly reach out his hand, hoping he can somehow grab onto a rope or something. And it's not enough. And Kenny hits him with it. He pins it. And Osprey cries in the post-match press conference, asking, when will it be my moment? Why do I keep doing this? It was a moment of true effort, grit, and heart. And he failed. And to see that was magical. I can say, I don't have... A number one favorite match. I got two. They're like 1A, 1B. One goes back to Kenny Omega and Okada. Was not yours. Was not number two. Number three at Dominion was my favorite match. That was number two. I thought it was number three. Dominion, that was one of my first introductions to Okada and Kenny. An hour, 20 minutes of just 
holy shit and by the time i'm done with the match i'm going oh fucking god i'm exhausted i know that's my third favorite match of all time so that's a great choice i'm mentally exhausted they had me on the ropes i was on the edge of my bed watching this losing my fucking mind over this great match gave me a great introduction to both characters and that's when i became in love with the coin drop theme and the other one is Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Spoke on that earlier. The Undertaker hits a tombstone and Shawn Michaels kicks out, which the tombstone is a very protected finisher. And when JR goes, oh my God, I had a out of body experience and Undertaker's at the camera just looking, what the fuck do I have to do now? Yeah. It just sets it. Yeah. Corey, do you have oh, one? Corey's got one. Is it going to be? I'm going to be really weird about this one. Do it. Totally weird about this one. You guys probably aren't even going to know it. Kate will know it. Yep, I know what it is. No, you don't. I think you I do. You have no idea. I think I do. You have to say, uh, when I say it, you have to say yes or no. Oh, I'll be honest. Here we go. Artie, the smartest man in the world, versus a bowling ball. Oh, no. In the adventures of Pete and Pete. <laughs> that match. And Pete, oh my gosh. It's pro wrestling. Yes. Holy pro moly. wrestling the adventures of pete and pete no oh my god he gets beat that. by an evil blue bowling ball yes and sells it sells it look it up it is amazing if okay for those of you that did not grow up in the 90s pete and the adventures of pete and pete is amazing in Artie, yeah i mean that that guy he's he's worldly he's the world's strong i'm the strongest man in the world I love it. I'm going to have to Google the crap out of that later. Yeah, you're you're going to have to. Amazing. It's amazing. To anybody, anybody has to look that up. Now we're going to go from favorite match. We're going to skip over a couple because I want to kind of speed along here for us is finisher. This is one that I know Corey has been waiting for this one. I'm going to let Corey talk first. Corey's been waiting. Here you go, my good sir. I know a lot of people hate this. Absolutely hate it. But I love mist any use of mist I, I, I you could say and and chris could probably speak to this a little bit more some people call it asian mist but it's not entirely you know stuck in the <laughs> usually it's used as green mist which is associated with asian wrestling yeah but the thing is there's s multiple types of mist there's different colors there's different meanings <laughs> sometimes it can basically be used as a way to protect wrestlers. But the reason why I like it so much is because of the fact that it can be used to morph the wrestler that has been hit, such as Julia Hart's character. Yep. And it allows for different ways of storytelling versus just losing a match. It's way more in the mental realm. And it also brings in other aspects such as like, you know, horror you know, mysticism can bring in, you know, weird things of, you know, such as the way House of Black uses it, like spirituality and religion and stuff. But it's it's just, it it's just, it's weird. It is, it's, it's something it's, different. It's weird, and it only works in wrestling. It only works in wrestling. True. I'll have to go with, it goes back to my favorite wrestler of all time, is this one, there's, there's two iterations that you could save this one. There is the Scorpion Deathlock, or the sharpshooter, depending upon if you are a Bret Hart fan or if you're a Sting fan. For me, it's the, the Scorpion Deathlock, hands down. It's just 
the moment you see Sting pull that out, it's just like, for me, it's nostalgia. It's the whole factor of it. Like, oh, and I remember trying to put it on people growing up and it's just like, it's, it's cool. It's neat. It looks the way that they're bending back onto somebody and it's the way that it's kind of held up there that that's mine. For me, I kind of like the high flying ones, like Jeff Hardy's Swanton Bomb is 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 great. great. Ray Mysterio six one nine coming around coming around the a rope. I mean, I, I was always amazed by both of those, and the fact that Jeff Hardy's still still doing the Swanton Bomb at his age is is, is crazy. So I, I've always gotten a huge kick out of both of those. Great choice. Going back to Kenny Omega, the One Wing Angel, a finisher that has only been kicked out once. Used by Kenny Omega in history, and the only time it was kicked out of was by his tag partner and golden lover, Kota Ibushi, in their uh, first ever main event. I'm a fan of just finishers that can be hit out of nowhere. There's nothing like a good old-fashioned super kick. Especially you coming off the top rope, Shelton Benjamin got one, and a Lelaki kicked his teeth down his throat plainly. Yep. I'm surprised no one won Stone Cold Stunner. Stunner, right? sure. I'm going to have to go with the favorite Ric Flair's figure forward. My I man. leave that one out. That, that's being passed down through several generations. And no, and ain't no, but there's no one else can do it besides Ric Flair. Exactly. The way he does it, the motion that goes into it, and it could be reversed on him. And the way that man sold with that, that emotion, man, that was unworldly when it comes to cutting promos and everything all around great character. I even forgot the walls of Jericho was used in an MMA match one time. What? And someone legit tapped out to the walls of Jericho or known as the Boston Crab. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Now, the crowd has to get involved in order to like feel emotionally invested in everything. And inside a wrestling event, chants are massive. To be able to know that the fans are with you or against you, what is your shut favorite? the fuck up? <laughs> I, I I just had to do it. It's not necessarily my favorite, but I just had to interrupt Cade. That there there you go. What's your favorite crowd chant? It could be during introduction where someone's coming out, or it could be during the middle of the match. The fans interacting with the event. I mean, for me, the only there's only one that immediately pops out to me. Kurt Angle's You Suck. Yes, that da, da, one is. Da, you suck. suck. You, you suck. suck. He, when he even went to Hall of Fame, yep. he loved it when people understand that because Lacey's skin. Yeah, one more time, guys. One more time. One more time. Do it one more time for me. You yep. suck. And it's just, the crowd's loving it. He's loving it. And if that's another thing wrestling, if your theme song doesn't get a reaction, yep. you're kind of failing already for exactly. the and, and And just to clarify, um, the you suck chant is a sign of endearment. Yep, it is. Yeah, it's us playing fun with them. Yeah, like Straight it's up. it's 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 all about love. It's not that they actually suck. I have two. One is of course singing Chris Jericho's theme song when he comes out. I I love doing that. And then another one was Daniel Bryan's uh, yes thing when yes we were when in WWE was the yes chant. So. That's a fantastic choice. Yeah. Anything that gets the entire crowd to participate in it, regardless of how you feel about the wrestler, like the Yes Chant, which is why I'll give Adam Cole's baby a shout out. Because it doesn't matter how you feel about Adam Cole. When he goes to do Adam Cole, baby, 
everybody does it. I will say as far as actual chance, this isn't one of my favorites now because I don't have a favorite, but I remember the first time I ever heard the Fight Forever chant before it was used a lot. It was Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura in their NXT match. And as far as, I, as I'm aware, that came organically from the crowd. That wasn't a, they'd heard this is awesome a thousand times, so they chanted it. They literally made up that chant on the spot. And to hear a crowd be so entrenched in a match that they were like, we can't even say it's awesome, just fight forever. Hey, fight forever. Like now it's a thing. But to hear a crowd organically come up with something like that, that blew me away at the time. And they go back to organically where Daniel Bryan got that yes chant over. They were pushing someone else down our throats. Oh, yeah. And the WWE and the universe went, fuck you. We're not going to go with Daniel Bryan. And because of that, main evented WrestleMania because the audience said, fuck you, what you're doing. We want to go with something else. And Daniel Bryan was that man and had one of the best moments for WrestleMania main event. Hands down. The way that he, he did that. I mean, totally. I can't think of another one that is as good as those. There's hundreds. I get hundreds, but those are the ones that hit the most home for me as well. I have to agree. Now we've hit on our favorites. Let's go backwards a little bit here of who's a wrestler that you think deserved a push that never got it, that you think really deserved that push, but he never got the the justice he deserved for it. I'm going to go with one for WCW that I felt like he should have been able to go over to WWE whenever they had the transition over. And he had a small run when he first came in with WCW, but Alex Wright, I oh, feel like disco. I feel like no, he wasn't disco. No, Inferno. Disc, but he had like little dance. He had this out. little like little gig there. But Alex like, Wright, when he came in, he won. Like he ha- he was before the streak before Goldberg had it. He had a streak for a while in WCW, and then would ultimately go on to win a belt. But then afterwards, it was just shut down. But I I feel like that guy. He had the build. He was like six four. He was like 200 and something odd pounds. He was a German wrestler. He was a chain wrestler. He had all the moves stuff there for it and skill set, but he never got the push. In my opinion, I feel like he should have been able to go over WWE and fit that mold. But but there were so many people in WCW that really never got the pushes, but that was one for me. I I got two people that jumps up in my mind. Cesaro, when he was in WWE, he never got that real good push. Agreed. And the other one is Dolph Ziggler. Man could sell like crazy, but never really got a push. Every time he got, he won the Money in Bank Championship on one of the best nights after WrestleMania. And unfortunately, weeks later, got it concussed and that just ruined his push. Yeah, he got pushed, but it was sporadic. And the one time where he seemed poised to break out, he got hurt. And then it was kiboshed forever. Right? There are a few others out there that are escaping mind, but those are two just, especially Cesaro. Anytime look like you get organically over with the crowd, W just goes, "Yeah, fuck you. We're not going to push him." Yeah, yeah. I would, uh, I would have said Sami Zayn until recently, and years ago I would have said Becky Lynch. No longer an issue. Luckily, Cesaro is now getting his due in AEW, but he was definitely an answer. Someone that I will say is now getting appreciated, luckily, but Ishii in New Japan, stalwart absolute boss that because he was he didn't come up in their academy system for years um seemed criminally underappreciated but now now he's getting his due but he'll never win a championship he'll never win a major championship but you can put him in there with literally anybody on the planet and have a great match he deserves one big run oh, i think i already mentioned it like before but serenity I've, she got 
what was it? Was it NWA championship? She did. She no, could, no, was, no, she got the NWA. She, no, no, it was NWA. No, it was NWA, and she had it like <laughs> she won the women's title and had it for only a short period of time. But you know, like when the it's the TBS title came up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I felt like I felt like that she should have had that. Um, in AEW, and then I'm not exactly sure what happened. Um, we haven't seen we haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I think she's just underappreciated, in my opinion. For me, I mean, and this is just I mean, like I said, I haven't been watching wrestling as much as all of you guys have, so I'm still learning the ropes, so to speak. But for me, I don't think Braun Strowman got used right. I think Braun Strowman, because of how athletic he was as a big guy, you could have you could have pushed him as a contender. I mean, like, True. and then and then another one, Rusev. I don't think Rusev got enough. Yeah, dude, he organically got there enough. I mean, yeah. it was like he, and even as Miro now in, in AEW. Yeah, like you you've got a product here. The guy knows what he's doing, and you can't like push him. And he he would be a great champion. Yeah, gosh, so much. Rusev Day, come on. And can pull a hot wife. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> okay. Fantasy booking here. You have space and time. Doesn't matter if they are in their you can go back to any point in time to pull. This is Bill and Ted's excellent adventure where you can pull people in to be able to go and have this match. Dream match. Who are you gonna have for your dream match? Prime, Sean Michaels, Kenny Omega, and Ibushi. Triple threat match? Oh, yeah, triple threat. Okay, this isn't really like, I really don't care about the match, but I want to see Roddy Piper and MGF cut promos on each other. Oh, my gosh. Get the bleach ready. Like, I, that's what I want to see. I don't care about the match. I just want to see the promos. the promos. Okay, so I'll say for me, because you said that, two answers. One, Kurt Angle versus Kenny Omega. I think Kurt Whoa. Angle versus Kenny Omega, like at, from an athleticism perspective, would be through the roof. But based on Corey's answer, a prime Ric Flair in MJF. Oh my God. To see how they would try to top one another and their complete refusal to back down. Well, like, I don't know how they would like, eventually they would go through the stratosphere and continue building. See, see, that's the whole thing. Like, I would like to see them weirdly try to work together. Oh, sure. It, it feels like there would be so much trouble that comes out of beautiful. that. So much trouble. That I didn't even think about that. Yes, those two trying to coexist in any way or just be around each other. They're, they're, Man, their lawyer. orbit, their gravity of lawyer. their orbit would just, they would collide consistently. Lawyers would have to be ready for that one. And easily. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Riff I could just say MJF's mom rode Space Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mine is a dream match for so many people. It's been brought up forever. It's the match that never happened that should have happened. Undertaker versus Sting. Never happened. Never is going to happen. Reasons. It, sh it never should happen as a result of that. There was opportunities that it was put out there and that it didn't happen. But that to me is criminal. That match would have been amazing. And and this is going to come off really weird, but I want to see Sue fight somebody. <laughs> oh, yes. Trent's mom. Trent's mom. 
I want to see Sue fight somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. I just want to see her Renee, fight somebody. Renee <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's someone. a storyline. I get behind that one. There's so many good ones that you could put out there. That that's the cool thing about. It. I completely didn't think about MJF and and Roddy Piper in terms of those promotions because both dude, he's a huge Roddy Piper fan. What and, about uh, May Young and Sharina Deeb? That'd be that'd be fun. But I don't think the audience would be able to like fully like understand it in the same realm as it. But I think it would in their primes hit it. I think it would be beautiful. okay. I finally figured one out. What do you got? And this is just this is just me personally. Lita versus Prime AJ Lee. Okay, dude, I could totally see that. That'd be yeah. beautiful. Some people thought about this. I don't know if anybody did. From when I threw it out there, does anybody have? If they could became a professional wrestler, describe your gimmick. Like, what what would be your name, your entrance music, your outfit, your style, and your finisher? Did anybody go into this? I mean, I, I totally have one. I got a finisher. It's kind of a combo. It's a something like the world's strongest slam into a camel clutch. Okay. Basic, but think of someone my size, 280 pounds, just slamming on the mat all his weight, then just sitting on top of you trying to squeeze your life out. Sounds pretty horrifying, but with a gimmick, I want to riff off of Orange Cassie a little bit because I just have this who gives a shit attitude <laughs> walking to the ring. And then at some point I say, eh, fuck it, and start ripping someone's head off. Yeah, what, what wrestling name would you have? Oh, fine. I'm called Fluffy. I need something. <laughs> uh, to rip off Orange Cassidy a little bit more with OC. How about Ice Tea? Ice Tea. <laughs> or Sweet Tea. <laughs> sweet Tea. I like Sweet Tea. Oh, man. I, I will admit I went off. I, I've had this for years in my, in my pocket. I, I will 100% admit I have thought about this way too much. The guy's name will be called Manifesto. The intro music to this is let me finish first please there, there is this band called the dumb dumb girls i have this song called mine tonight that i just i love it and this you have to get to a certain part in the song and it just hits and for me it's just so hard the outfit is almost like it goes back to like raven kind of in a way but it's like a former vietnam vet who's back and looks so scruffy looks so messed up and has no clue kind of what's going on and he but he's like speaking like politics almost out against these things or like basically against the man that like he's seen war, he's seen all these travesties and he's just basically trying to like come back and change everything. And I want to say his finisher here is it would, it would lose him tons of matches, but it would win him tons of matches. He goes into a rage and basically mounts the guy from the front and just keeps punching him and punching him and punching him and punching him, and punching him until the guy passes out. Are the, are the ref pulls him off because the guy can't respond to stopping him from hitting him in the face. This sounds like an FBI must wanted list person right now. Like, congrats, Cade. You're now on the FBI list just on this gimmick. That is a Cade gimmick if I've ever heard one. I'll say I put no thought into this, so I'm just riffing here. You and me both. My entrance music would be Cast Away uh, by Strange Talk. The best gimmicks, in my opinion, unless you really have something in mind, is yourself turned up to 11. So the the ver the happy go lucky but a little bit snarky version of me would be it. I'd come out in like a John Morrison esque fluffy coat, obviously fake fur because I'm a vegetarian. Or Jim right? Morrison with glasses on, baby. Castaway would hit. I'd be the happiest yet not caringest motherfucker walking down that ramp. I'm only 150 pounds, so I can't do a lot. Soaking but wet. I would either do a Phoenix Splash as my finisher or an octopus hold. Because I would think that would fit my frame. That would fit it. I, so, I agree. Just me turned up to 11 so with music that vibes with that. 
and uh, can play the face, or you know what, can be a little bit of that. I really don't care kind of guy. Oh, I'm get full. A I'm a full heel as Sweetie, and to go on because I forgot about my interest music. It's gonna be Chattahoochee. Well, if you're gonna be full heel, Sweetie, and you go half and half. <laughs> <laughs> that's my altar. That's my altar gimmick. The Honor Palmer. No way. That's my. That's the my sing, That's my submission name. The Honor Palmer. I'm a big fan of like the crazy heels. Um, my interest music would be Sad But True from Metallica. But I'd come out basically just like crazy eyed and just sit there and like, but also too, you know, like some heels where you get like that whole revenge thing. Yeah. Mine would constantly be it and you didn't even have to do anything to me. I'm just constant revenge just for stupid reasons. And I don't, I've, I've never really come up with a ring name, but I think I'd probably be like a high flyer, kind of like Jeff Hardy and I could see that. and Rey Mysterio, stuff like that. Like just basically Swan, probably Swanton Bomb probably be mine just off the. Hey, Cord, you have one? I got a name for your character. The Albatross. The Albatross. The Albatross, the evil Albatross. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, we're, in a, no. we're in a very good transition point in wrestling here. Where do you see it going in the future? Because I'm going to make this comment here. The world stopped. Wrestling didn't. They found a way to film weekly. They, they were in Atlanta, and they're like, okay, we're going to film like 15, like 10, 15 weeks worth of stuff just to have in, in case they got kicked out of Georgia and they go, Hey, what can we do? Let's go down to Florida. And they set up outside and they had wrestlers around the ring in order to make that kind of work. I think I, I can't even think of like where wrestling is going in this future, other than it's going to be here forever. Like that, that's just my opinion. It's like a, well, it's like a cockroach. Well, until AEW started, it was looking like it was going to die because, because yeah. Vince McMahon was ruining WWE, if you ask me, but then, but then AEW started and now it's kind of saved it. Yeah. I would say that provided there's always major competition in North America, wrestling will continue to blossom because WWE can be its insulated monolithic war machine that everyone's attracted to. AEW gets the alternate alternative crowd and then it branches out into other areas of wrestling so everyone can get involved but in general i think that with social media and how easy it is to access wrestling it is going to continue to expand you can have access to wrestling in different countries easier than you ever could before if you just want to be a new japan guy or gal you can be just a new japan guy or gal but what i would say is i think where wrestling goes is the lines of kayfabe will continue to be blurred since everybody knows that wrestling is scripted and yet fans love to be worked and so it is easier also ever than now, I think, to put things out on social media and to trick fans. So I think what they will continue to do is evolve and innovate how they get people to feel invested in a in a sport, we'll say, that they know is scripted. And that's by making them believe that even if the in-ring heat isn't real, the backstage heat is real. I think it's going to become more mainstream. The Von Erics have a movie, I think, just finished production. Where one of the stars, MJF, is playing uh, one of the Von Erics, and Zach Efron is playing the major character. So I think wrestling is going to become more mainstream, like it was in the '90s with the Attitude Era, once all over again. And then, like you said, it's just there's wrestling out there everywhere. You can pay twenty bucks and get quality wrestling from multiple promotions, and you'll see these intertwine at certain points at like these super shows. Like we got at Wembley tonight, there was uh, another wrestler from New Japan, Will Ospreay, was on the card in another promotion. You'll see some stuff like that happening more and more. Would you ever believe through the 
many years that wrestling's been in business that there been that there is wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, Saturday. and Saturday. Incredible. In pay per views on Sunday. And pay per views on Sunday. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Yep. Because it, like you say, yeah, that's how the company is involved and people are involved. I think the most important thing that's sort of been touched on is the fact that it's like it might have been much more common back in the day, but now it's very much more out in the open about the collaboration. Yep. Collaboration is so key. Collaboration is extremely key. You know, I honestly didn't know that there was as many promotions as there was like legitimately four years ago. Yep. I knew absolutely nothing about Japanese wrestling until AEW. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you heard of people, people would come over and show up and like, you know, what was it like WCW, WWE? I mean, you got like the great Muda and people that, you know, what was it? <laughs> crossover. Um, but in general, like you never knew how much was you didn't helped. know where they were from. And you also didn't know they where became they were signed from. and that was it. Yes. Yeah. And they would disappear. And now there's much more of a business aspect of there's money to be made here. Let's collaborate. Yes. And with that, you know, it moves forward to become like almost like, you know, more inclusive in, in yes. other ways as well. Um, like I said before, I think wrestling was dying before AEW came along, kind of saved it. But and like you've got Ring of Honor, you've got New Japan, TNA, even though TNA has kind of been up and down over the years. Since the beginning. Since the beginning. <laughs> I mean, they're just the, the small promotion. But I mean, I think like like all you guys have touched on, I think it'll be here for a while. I mean, AEW is doing great things, just basically just the way they're promoting stuff and giving you different storylines that are good storylines and just really feeding to the crowds and the and people but but one thing i think that they should go back to and this is just me personally just oh, what dude, I like, it's yours. was back when in the 80s when they were doing those promos during the week you'd get commercials and the promos yes. would show up like with rick flair and 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 uh back when that rick flair and the um Dusty Rhodes feud was going on. They on they were on commercials talking shit to each other on the commercials doing the promos. When you get the the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, that was a promo that was a commercial on a thing. And it, so during the week they only wrestled once a week, but during the week they were building you up to these oh, yeah, different things. They need to go back to doing that again because uh -huh. you because it's hard to keep up with just one day a week figuring out. What's happening? What What's happening? Because if you keep us reminded during the week, okay, oh my God, this is getting good. Like, let's do this. I think they should go back to that. I agree. And that's where social media can take over that aspect. Yep. They don't have to go on the commercials. They can save money now by going to their Twitter and just doing a 10 second video. I mean, that's what essentially, yep. I think MJF did that a little bit with his last big feud. And nothing with wrestling. There's so many podcasts out there too. I'm going to give a shout out to one that right now it's called Across the Ring, where they literally go through and interview indie wrestlers from different promotions in order to promote smaller promotions and wrestlers that will probably never make it to the big times, but they have a story too. And that's and, what AEW, some of their, when they go dynamize to like Atlanta had several wrestlers from the local show show up. He like security. Yes. Zeke Dice, who has been on Impact, but he's way lesser known nwa huge he was there he did a squash mash with keith lee 
Squash. Yeah, in this, it's squash. Say, yeah. Squash. Chris, you want to give him a little? A squash match is a short match in which one wrestler usually dominates the other. Usually, a popular wrestler will beat what is called a jobber. A jobber is someone that comes in to do the job, as in they're literally paid to lose. Usually short, quick matches. If you grew up watching wrestling, you probably saw a lot of these where Hulk Hogan would show up and beat someone in three minutes, or Andre the Giant would murder someone in 30 seconds. Or and also known it, as enhancement that talent. That was kind of over a little bit with the, with the kind of face that was in WWE for a while. It had the weird Big face. Beard. No, no, James Ellsworth. Huh? James Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll say this, that AEW did that has not been, that WWE rarely ever does. If it does, it's like, it's it's really left field for it. AEW lets those wrestlers have like five, 10 minutes, like sometimes They're 15 minutes. Solid. Like they are actually getting to showcase themselves and actually given the opportunity to do something. AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation and stuff like that really goes a long way. WWE, when they bring people in, it's, oh, you're security and you're gonna have to wait for like 20 hours maybe to like, and you're taking one bump or something like that. You're not going to use your actual gimmick name. You're not going to use all this different other stuff. Like AEW made it a point for a long while to, okay, we're going to help you get some music. We're going to help find and promote you and stuff like that. Even if you're just there for one match. And you get some offense on their... Yeah, Fuego. Fuego de Sol. Fuego got over. Fuego, yeah. Pineapple Pete was an audience member during the COVID era yeah. pandemic and he wound up wrestling Chris Jericho just because he was animated enough at ringside. Exactly. And you look at the gun club. The guns, they were, yes, they were the kids of, of Billy Gunn, but they got over just being in the audience members of so much charisma and everything that in that, I mean, there's so many wrestlers that way that are independent wrestlers that need to get that deserved shot to do it. There's so many out there. Yeah. And that's what I like about AEW too, with their talent, they'll bring in the small guys. They, they may have a five minute squash mask. They get their ass kicked, but you get 30 seconds of them getting offensive where WWE will bring in a guy uh johnny gargano was brought in years ago when he was first starting and they gave him like a yodeling gimmick for a squash match yes so made weird. no sense he, he can just tell when he, as soon as he came out of car and he's like yep this is my life for tonight <laughs> yep i agree now as we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here on this on this one is there anything that you want to say leaving out of this episode so you were saying we're going to the finish now? We're going to the finish. The finish is where the match ends. If someone says they're wrapping up for the finish, that means someone is about to get pinned. Bring it home. Bring it home. Also another term where the referee might tell the wrestlers to wrap it up. Oftentimes if wrestlers are going over time, you'll say bring it home to say it's enough. It's time to go home now. Someone needs to win and someone needs to lose. But also like, I don't think we touched on it at all, but I think one of the things on that, we didn't touch on was who, who has your favorite entrance music. I mean, there are hundreds oh, of questions are, I have. Oh, there, yeah, <laughs> like I'll just say one of mine. I, I like Glorious from oh, from yes. Bobby from Bobby Roode. Yeah, like it was just, dude. I heard it the first time and I was like, this is awesome. Okay, like it just it, it explains his character so well, and it was just one of the, my favorite ones. And then of course you've got the Cult of Personality by CM Punk, and then of course Jericho's Break the Wall Down. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The Walls that's a of great Jericho, one. like great, and it is just so many different ones. And get the credit to WWE. Jim Johnson was their music person. Yes. He's made so many bangers through yes. his career. And Chris, the Walls of Jericho, Break the Walls. That was Jim Johnson's one of his songs. 
DX, are you ready? Yeah. Edge is uh, from actual group. It's not. Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge made no, the one, one before that. I mean, Alter Bridge is the, that's the best one. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the best one, but there's like several. There's that some did. out there that. Glorious, but none of those count. Glorious is True. one of his. But you can't be, to me, the Stone Cold Glass Shatters hmm. or the Brock Lesnar. You hear the Glass Shatters, someone's about to get their ass kicked. And Brock Lesnar's guitar riff, shit just got picked up. Yeah. Rock, can you smell the rock? Let's go get Still have one of the best pops when he even get announced as the WrestleMania in Atlanta's guest host. When that crowd heard the, do you smell? What the rock? You could not hear the cooking. music at all for five seconds. Yep. Corey, you got anything you want to say? I don't know if we're talking about intros. It could be anything. Like, this is your I closure know. out. I'm just going to talk about intro. Um, anything Aleister Black or Malachi Black you entrance love wise is you done love him. purely because of the entrance. Yeah. And I, I couldn't even name half the um, intro songs that he's used throughout his like iterations. But the fact that he ties into like extreme forms of metal that most people have never ever heard and puts those people like on the map for some people. Yeah, it's amazing. It it's great because he's promoting other people. Yep. As I said, I couldn't name some of the songs that were even, but like it brings an atmosphere and promotes people that other people would never, never been exposed to. In closing for me, what I would say is, fair listener, if you've never watched wrestling, that's okay. But if you ever think about giving it a chance, just go in knowing that the idea is to escape into another world in the same way. If you watched a movie or read a book, go in with escapism and go in to have fun. Go in to play along and you can find yourself entertained in ways that you probably didn't think possible because at the end of the day most of us in all forms of life love to cheer the good guy and boo the bad guy whatever the good guy and bad guy is to us that might differ but we love to have a hero and we love to have a villain and wrestling at its core provides that so give it a chance i'll say turn your brain off for a second just sit back and enjoy the show yeah 110 percent. don't knock it till you try it yep and if you are say at your your workplace I guarantee you somewhere in your office, there is wrestling fans sitting there. They may not show it to you out of the gate, but once you open up that floodgate and you show that your care of interest of wrestling, you've made a friend for life. And, and that's 100%. And to go on and for every day in life, there's a wrestling part for it. There's a yep. storyline. There's a inspiration. You're down on something. There's a storyline out there that's probably touched on that. True. So I'm going to end this off here just because it's my podcast. I get, I get to end it off. I get to bring it home. So coming here to the end of the episode, this to me is something that we get to do all the time of sit back and we talk wrestling and we get to have all these different things out there that we get to, to talk about. We're getting to share this out there to an audience. And with that, I think is very special for me that this is something that we can look back 50 years from now or 10 years from now and listen to. And because you never know with a friend of yours could disappear for like 10 years or pass away tomorrow or anything of that sorts to it, but you're leaving behind a legacy. And this is a legacy that I get to leave behind and getting to have my dad and brother have refused to come on the podcast until, but they said they would come on for this episode. That to me is, that proves the power of wrestling right there for me. And so I am passionate about this. And 
of having, you know, connecting with people and connecting with friends and things like that. Find what you enjoy doing. Find your people that are out there to be able to do it. And so around this table, Dad, Ryan, Corey, Daniel, Chris, Joe, who has left us at the moment to go home. Um, Rodney, okay, I'm going to give you a shout out to my buddy Rodney. Uh, earlier episode, Rodney Baskerville Jr. episode, if you want to go back and listen to it. He, okay, go ahead. I just had to say, yeah, give a shout out to Rodney because after this is edited, it'll be like 45 minutes. We've been talking for over three hours and good old Rodney has been sitting here the whole time. So this episode's dedicated to Rodney, yeah. who we forced judge, to watch judge wrestling. Okay, Do you want to say anything, Rodney? I figure we should give you the opportunity here. No, I love wrestling. I love this conversation. I love the whole thing. He's been kind of like held hostage in a weird odd way. I don't know. <laughs> One of us. One, One of, of us. us. Yeah, see, worst case scenario, if we're not nice about wrestling, we'll just force you to watch it until you like it. So. My, my wife, Katie, got kind of sucked in. And she knows way too much more also, than she ever wanted just to. just one last thing for me. Keep in mind that I got into wrestling because of Cade and all them, so. You can have about wrestling because of movies. I, <laughs> I, I really feel like that Katie should have been here and forced to participate in this. <laughs> I don't want to die. Man, yeah, I'm like, I, I like to go to sleep at night, and I don't know if I would tonight. <laughs> exactly uh, so okay no no a lot of this is going to stay in there and just let it go but so with, with, yeah let it go no. let it go okay sorry can't help it no 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 so okay we're, we're going to count this down here and instead of having the, the usual traditional ending here i'm going to do the usual tradition but we're going to we're going to we're going to count it one two three after i do my my kind of exit off here if you want to reach out to me my email is Cade, which is spelled C-A-D-E, at learningfromfriends.com. I'm on Facebook. That's the another way to be able to easily reach out to me, Learning From Friends podcast. I have a Twitter page. All I really do is post episodes on there just for people to be able to get access to. If you want to donate through my Patreon, I'll have a link there to be able to, to do so. If you want to be able to, by any means, hey, look, we're taking a picture. Ah, maybe this will be the picture that we use for the... <laughs> but... If you want to be able to reach out and donate through Patreon that way, I would love it. Any bit of money is awesome to be able to continue this because I do this for free. And a lot of time is millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. So, you know, feel free to go that way. Now, before we leave, as you all know, a catchphrase before leaving is don't forget. Don't, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to mess this you up here. Fucked up. I fucked you up. fucked up. I fucked up. You fucked up. Most of all, most of all, don't forget. So let your curiosity fly high. Okay, guys, here we go. We're going to count this down. We're going to pin it. One, two, three. Ding, ding.